Gracious God, thank you for your word. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would open it up to us. And I pray, Father God, that your spirit would rest on me, that I can bring your word to your people through your son, Jesus Christ, to your glory and praise. Amen. This is a psalm of David. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and give you support from Zion. May he remember all your offerings and regard with favor your burnt sacrifices. May he grant you your heart's desire and fulfill all your plans. May we shout for joy over your salvation and in the name of our God set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving might of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They collapse and fall, but we rise and stand upright. O Lord, save the king. May he answer us when we call. God bless to us this reading from his holy word. Now one of the big issues that we face when times are turbulent around us is the issue of complaining and grumbling. Now most of us like a good complain grumble session uh, every now and then. Uh, it just, you know, sometimes, you know, you know, frankly, sometimes you just need somebody, uh, a most hopefully a friend, not your boss, because this could get you fired, uh, but uh, a friend just to offload all your complaints and your grumbles and all those kinds of things and just kind of dump it and let it go. Uh, one of the big mistakes we men make uh, with our wives and, and, and other women in our lives, it doesn't have to be our wives, it can be a female co-worker, is that somebody, uh, a woman will come up to us and she, she will do that kind of that dumping session and then we think we need to fix it. That's a big mistake. You don't need to fix it. All you need to do is just listen, uh, say, oh, I just hate that for you, whatever comes naturally to you, and then, uh, and then let it go. But the problem is that sometimes, and especially us as Christians, because we do it, I think, sometimes worse than people in the world, it's when we get stuck in this complaining and grumbling. Especially if things are turbulent, we tend to find what's wrong more than what's right. So we look at all the things to complain about. We look at all the things that irritate us. We look at all the things that don't work out right. We look at all the things that are difficult. And we speak into those things. And we say, oh, I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. I hate the way this works out. I, I don't really like my work. I, I don't really like my company. I don't really like the place where I live. I don't really like my city. I don't really like the government. I don't really like my church. I don't really like my pastor. I don't really like the people in the pews next to Whatever it is, we find things to complain about and we find things that we do not like. And this is always counterproductive. Always. It speaks not faith, but it speaks uh, a negative faith or unbelief, which has the same kind of power as faith does. Do you know if you say to the UK government all the time, every day you get up, especially as a believer with the spirit of God living inside of you, you are a worthless government, you cannot govern, you're going to fall apart, things are going to go from bad to worse to worse to worse because you are full of, Whitehall is full of idiots. If you do that every single day, guess what? You influence that reality by what you declare because you're a person of faith. 
And so we get into this complaining time. We get into this time of cursing. And then it's no wonder that things don't work out well because if you curse, you are cursing yourself. You know, to to curse the city, to curse London, for example, or to curse your church that you go, uh, or to curse the government. And I'm not saying that there aren't things wrong with all of these things. There are. But to speak these things out and focus on these things is a bit like deciding to prune a tree by sitting on a limb and cutting off the limb you're sitting on. It makes about as much sense. And yet we do it all the time. And then we complain when the limb we're sitting on that we've been cutting on breaks and we fall down and get hurt. And this prayer today is actually a prayer of blessing. You know, when we bless... When we choose to bless things, to bless people, do you know the Bible is revealing to us that this is a prayer, that this is something that we direct to God. So if if I go to my good friend Walter, for example, over here, and I say, Walter, I bless you in the name of Jesus, do you know biblically, I'm not only speaking blessing over his life, I'm also making a prayer of blessing to God on his behalf by speaking the blessing. And that's what David is trying to teach us here. In turbulent times, we have to resist the urge to curse and choose instead to bless and to trust. Because there's a power that comes about when we bless and we trust. Now, David is writing this psalm from his perspective as king. He's the king, he's been anointed, and so when David refers to his anointed one later on, he's referring to himself as the king He also does that when he says there in the last verse, uh, he says, O Lord, save the king. He's talking about himself. But we need to understand from a new covenant perspective, from uh, a New Testament perspective, from our perspective as Christians, we are all anointed ones. And so what David is saying here applies to all of us and the prayer he's praying here applies to all of us as sons of God, both men and women. We're sons of God. We are princes. We are due to rule and reign with Christ. In other words, we are like kings. And so we need to understand that. Now look what he does. He spends most of this psalm blessing. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. Now most of the time, what we want to do is say to people in the world. Now, And notice here, now David is talking to the people of God but the people of Israel were not all people of God. Do you know that? They were part of the nation of Israel, and they were part of that, but they were not all followers of God. They were not all believers, and they were saved by grace through faith, just like we're saved by grace through faith. Uh, The difference is we know the object of our faith. Uh, They were looking toward the object of their faith, Uh, but, uh, but it's very important to note that. And so when David's pronouncing a blessing... He's pronouncing this blessing not only over his friends, but also his enemies. Not only over those who would acknowledge his kingship, but even over those who would not acknowledge his kingship. And this is an important principle for us to understand in turbulent times. We need to bless everything that moves. 
Now, this doesn't mean that we agree with everything that our boss does or everything that the government does. And this certainly does not mean that we would approve of any kind of sinful activity or the endorsement of something sinful. We would reject that. But you know, the best way for somebody to repent is not to curse them and berate them into repentance, but it's actually to bless them so that they might receive repentance by the Holy Spirit and come into alignment with God's will, which is the ultimate blessing that any human being can experience. So it's not attacking people and berating them that leads them. It's God's kindness that will lead us to repentance, according to Paul in Romans chapter 2. So, what is David saying here? May the Lord answer you, that's everybody, in the day of trouble. We don't want anybody to experience trouble. May he send, may the name of the God of Jacob protect you. You know, we want our society to be protected from Islamic extremism and from terrorism. And so we're praying that over everybody. We want the Muslims in our society to be protected against Islamic extremism and the atheists and, and as well as the Christians. May he send you help from the sanctuary and give you support from Zion. We want God to help our boss be the best boss possible, our company to be as uh, a good a company as one could possibly work for, our government to be the most effective government possible, our church leaders to be as effective as they can possibly be, even our fellow Christians to succeed uh, in, in every way that they can. That's what we're blessing them with. May he remember all your offerings and with regard, regard with favor your burnt sacrifices. We want people, even when they take tiny baby steps toward God, to experience a connection with God. You know, sometimes we have an attitude toward other people that, well, until you have sacrificed like I've sacrificed, I don't want, you to, I don't want God to bless you like he's blessed me. And unless you've sacrificed as much as I've sacrificed, I don't want God to bless you more than he's blessed me. You know, because the only thing worse than somebody getting a blessing who hasn't sacrificed for that blessing is somebody getting a blessing bigger than the blessing that you've received after you've sacrificed. Isn't that right? But you know, the promise is that God will bless everybody and at times God will bless them indiscriminately. And that's what we're saying. May God bless you indiscriminately, irrespective of the level of your sacrifice. May God give you a blessing there. May he grant you your heart's desire and fulfill all your plans. And this blessing is is not only that people would have the desires of their heart met, but they would understand the desires of their heart. You know, a lot of times people don't even understand the the desires that they carry around with them. You know, they think that they might want this kind of person in a relationship. And I've seen so many men and so many women fall into this trap where they they fall uh, for somebody that seems to meet their, their idealistic standard of, you know, who a perfect partner might be, only to discover after they get married or uh, tragically even after they live together that the person isn't all that they were cracked up to be. And they realize that, well, you know, maybe, maybe this other person who maybe wasn't as uh, physically attractive to me initially actually might have been a better partner and really f- would have fulfilled my heart's desire even more. Uh, so 
this prayer, this blessing is to say, let you know what your heart's desire really is and the desire that God has placed in your heart and his DNA for you and that all your righteous plans would be fulfilled. May we shout for joy over your salvation and in the name of our God set up our banners. This is a blessing to say we want you to be saved, we want you to be healed, and we want to be able to celebrate over your life. That's the blessing. So we're speaking this blessing. We're speaking these blessings over our co-workers, uh, over our church friends, over our enemies. Uh, may the Lord fulfill all your petitions. So it's blessing after blessing after blessing after blessing after blessing. Notice these first five verses are simply filled with one blessing after another, after another, after another, after another, after another. And it's emphasizing that we need to bless, we need to bless, we need to bless, we need to bless, and we need to bless. And that our blessing is a prayer. But it's not only then about blessing. There's another dynamic here. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with the, the saving might of his right hand. Now this is a confidence that as we're asking God to bless other people, that God also is planning to bless us. The Lord saves, he blesses all of his anointed people. If you are a Christian who has the Spirit of God living inside of you, by definition, you are anointed. You are an anointed one. And God, when you bless other people, you have to do so with the confidence that God also will bless you. This is just not a one-sided blessing. That God will work in your life. Maybe not always in the way that you want him to or think that he should, or demand that he should, but that God will work in your life for the good, for the best, for your salvation, for your benefit, and so you can be an instrument of blessing. And so there's that confidence there, so that David says, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They collapse and fall, we rise and stand upright. So this confidence that God will bless us leads David then to declare I will not trust in myself for my own blessing. That's what he's saying. He's saying there's some kings who will trust in chariots and horses to bring them victory. Some kings will trust in the power of their economy. Some governments will trust in the power of their people or the power of taxation or the number of nuclear warheads they happen to have. Some Christians will trust in the power of their spiritual gifts uh, or the power of their intimacy with God or the power of their biblical knowledge and so on and so on and so on. Some pastors will trust in the power of the numbers that they have, listening to their sermons uh, all the time, every single day. And David says, no, we're not going to trust in any of these things. We're not going to trust in ourselves. We're not going to trust in our outward circumstances because the source of our blessing is not our outward circumstances, it's not ourselves, it's not our money, it's not our government, it's not our country, it's not any other thing except the Lord our God. And so we trust in the name of the Lord our God. We trust in his reputation, we trust that what he says is good, we trust that what he says he'll do, he will do, he will fulfill it, he will keep his promises. We trust in the Lord our God. 
And so we declare he will answer us when we call. So in turbulent times, we need to step into blessing and step into trust and not step into criticism and cursing. And our blessing and our trust has power, not because of the strength of our blessing, not because we get words right or anything like that. It has power because Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior as a believer. He died on the cross, rose again for us so that through faith in him, we would have life and have it to the full. And we trust because the Holy Spirit of God lives inside of us, giving real power to the words that we speak. And we trust because we are sons, sons and daughters of our Heavenly Father who loves us as his children. And so from that platform, we bless because it brings honor and glory to Jesus. Let's pray. Gracious God, thank you so much for the ability to bless, for the power in the blessings that we speak, both publicly and privately. Lord, teach us how to bless well, how to bless our city, how to bless our workplace, how to bless our government, how to bless our nation, how to bless our families, how to bless our churches, how to bless our friends, and how to bless our enemies. Let us be agents of blessing in the world around us. Let our hearts reflect yours as hearts of blessing and grace. For we pray it all in Christ's name. Amen.